0: interesting topics business business insurance is good
1: It can go pretty deep right i know it's yeah. always tough to i'm see seeing like acronyms here
0: that i don't uh, that we're going to go through and we're, you're going <laughs> to explain them to me because i don't and that's good we'll let let you know, our listeners will get the idea of what's going on about as well so yeah we're live right now we're on facebook live we're uh, out there on uh, youtube we're on linkedin uh guys thanks for following us and thanks for uh, watching today you're going to see the unedited version of our show that's going to air this saturday on kdwn uh at 11 a.m this is las vegas real estate now when you tune in on saturday you're going to hear the edited version of this program where we're going to be talking with liam white from the liam white insurance and um uh if you're listening now stay tuned because you'll hear the stuff between the segments which sometimes is even more interesting (laughs) than the segments i I have to say um but uh liam and i are going to talk about a bunch of things today i know liam wants to cover business insurance with uh, for small business owners or business owners out there it's gonna be a good program you're gonna learn a lot um and we all need insurance. We all need insurance. We may not like it, but we need it. Um, so, anyway, I'm going to get into the show, and I'm also going to talk a little bit today. There was a couple of articles I pulled. Um, Patrick Blennerhassett on the RJ has two of them that I, I, I noted. One was, he has a, a headline, San Francisco residents flocking to Las Vegas and Reno. That's no big surprise to me, but it's yeah. nice to hear. And then home, and the other one is he wrote home value growth in Las Vegas lowest among the major fifty cities. Um, we're fifty out of fifty in in uh, in, home, in home value growth, Is is an interesting month, term month
1: over month, year over year.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting. We'll get into that okay. one because it's it's interesting how how he how he calculates it. You know. There's a, there's a my, my former partner, Joel, always say, liars figure and figures lie. <laughs> and so you can make numbers look any way you want if you want to. But, yep. no, it's interesting to find out that we're lagging behind other major cities in terms of our, our home value growth, quote, unquote. So we'll find out more about that in a moment. All right, let's just get started on the program. Here we go. Segment one.
1: Vanessa said we're good on Facebook.
0: We're good? Okay, good. Cool. <clears throat> i hmm sure I got this turned down enough. Yep. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome to our show. This is Las Vegas Real Estate Now, where we bring you the three E's. Educate, empower, and engage. We want to help you to make your real estate decisions wise ones for you and your family. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld of the Blankfeld Group at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and we have over a century of collective real estate experience. I'm a licensed agent here in Nevada. My NRED number is S.0048897. On this program, we're dedicated to delivering timely, balanced truths about local market conditions. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at 702- 203-1165, 2031165 again that's 702 two zero three one one six five today we have an outstanding guest we have liam white from liam white insurance liam welcome back awesome no thank you so much always happy to be here glad to have you back you're you're coming off i mean i just noticed in your in in your uh, resume here you're coming off a record-setting year where you're the your top one percent of agents nationwide congratulations yeah
1: no thank you uh obviously uh, all to do to my staff right very similar to i'm sure how, how you feel most days indeed um but no yeah no it was uh Tough, tough year in the insurance market, obviously, very similar to the insurance uh, or to the real estate, the real estate agencies yeah. out there. But always good to be able to kind of, you know, tote that back-to-back on top of
0: it. Absolutely. No, congratulations. Great. You know, look, we, you know we work hard. We try to earn a reputation. We try to do things the right way, and sometimes we get rewarded for it. But you're right. We both owe it to our teams. I yep. mean, you know, we we stand on their shoulders for sure, oh, without yeah. question. No, no doubt about I that. I stand on Carly's shoulders all the time. She's, you know, she's she's worn That's out. How he gets tall enough to be able to
1: ride the rides. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> all right, so let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about insurance for um, for business owners. And yeah. and, and the, you know, I I heard I heard someone say, and I think you know, insurance. When we we take on insurance, we're transferring the risk to you. Taking risk away from ourselves and giving it to you, correct, for for a certain amount of money,
1: whatever the cost, whatever that cost
0: may be. So let's let's start talking about our risk for business owners. What, What kind of risks are we talking about here?
1: Well, so so that's where you know. The majority of the time when I talk about this idea, it's with individuals that are out there debating on the idea of starting businesses. And so, before they do that, I ask them that question: "Well, you know, what is the risk associated with it?" Their question back to it is: "Well, what does that mean?" Yeah. I'm like, well, what could you be sued for? What are you going to be doing <laughs> right. that someone might not like that you could actually be sued for? Yeah. When you think about it from the real estate side of things, right? It could be, uh, you know, uh, telling a client what to offer on a home. Right? Yeah. And that can absolutely come back, you know, to backfire. On Indeed, guys, um, might be not uh, uh, exposing all of the truths behind losses on a home. You know, we're going to go ahead and bypass, you know, this investigation, whatever it might be. Yep. Um, and so we ask that question: Is what is the risk? Mm-hmm. Right. Once we identify what the risk is, now we can start associating. Okay, what types of policies do we have to start looking out for? Mm-hmm. Does your business come with a license? Right. Because now we're switching over from. Uh, standard policy over professional liability policy. Right. And so that's, that's where it all starts is what is the risk? What could you be sued for? Then we can lead the conversation even further.
0: Brilliant. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And then it, it also relates to where you're operating. Also, you've got a lease that you're dealing with yeah. or, or if you own a building or something of that nature, there's risks associated with that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's probably the, the last place that individuals look, but it's where the majority of the claims probably come from is – you have a direct relationship between you and your landlord if you 're leasing out there, mm-hmm. and your landlord is going to put specific requirements as to what you 're responsible for and what they 're responsible for right whether it 's going to be you know an all net a triple net uh, you know full service whatever the lease might be out there that 's going to lay out the requirements as to what you might actually have to come out of pocket for. Uh, the most common one we see these days is the majority of individuals that are renting a space you know commercial office building whatever it might be. Their landlord is going to be responsible for, you know, what we call like walls out, right? Mm -hmm. It's studs and out and you got studs and in. Right. And the most common thing that is missed in studs in is the windows. Oh. That's up to the tenant about 90% of the time. And so when we have glass breakages, individuals Mm -hmm. break in, whether it be front doors, front windows, whatever it might be, they let their landlord know, hey, someone broke into our building. I need you to come and replace, you know, the front door, the front window, whatever it might be. They'll turn around
0: and say, yeah, That's on you. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Well, let me know how it turns out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and, you know, the typical cost, it might not be that much, it might right. be, you know, five, six hundred bucks, but you can carry tenant's glass coverage on in your insurance policy. Oh. It costs maybe five to ten bucks a year.
0: Sweet, right? And smart. So just, yeah.
1: Identify what is your risk, and solving for that risk is the whole idea behind it.
0: I, I like the way you approach it. It's smart because uh, no two businesses are alike. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, I, if you ask me what a plumber's got to be worried about, I you know I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Um, but I you know I have a pretty good idea what real estate agents have to be worried about. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's a brilliant way to approach it. So you're looking at the specific nature of what risks that you're that you wanna, that you're willing to, based on a certain payment, take on for, for them, for yeah. that business owner.
1: Yeah, that transfer of risk. And uh, the idea, the way the conversation should go is identify the risk, mm-hmm. tell you what it would cost to solve all of that. Right. You determine, well, I don't think that I have to pay for this. You know, the, the risk variance is not that much. I'll go and inherit that myself. Won't mm-hmm. pay for it transfer everything else over right because the way that policies can be written right i know we talked about auto and home before we right. talked about that idea that you can write an auto policy seven million different ways yeah i don't right. even want to get to the number of how many different ways you read a commercial policy
0: oh i couldn't even <laughs> imagine my goodness yeah i mean yeah and and like you know there's always that deductible amount and when we talk to people about how much you're, you're willing like if something bad happens how much of a check can you write yep right i mean uh, so if the if, if the, the window breaks, uh, they break all the windows, and it's going to cost, like, you know, $7,000 to fix all these windows. Can you write that check or, or not? Yeah, do you want someone else to
1: be able to do it? No, and, right. it, and it definitely changes with the type of business because, absolutely, deductibles can go all the way up to percentages of the total risk, mm-hmm. or it can be $25,000, 50000 100000 right. and you're only going to make a claim for, you know, a, a mass catastrophe loss. We just had one. Yesterday, I'm oh, sure, yeah. everyone around the valley saw the fire happening over off of uh, Buffalo Durango and the 215.
0: Crazy. Yeah, we saw the smoke. Our neighbor, we're pulling out of our cul-de-sac, and my neighbor is flagging us down. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm rolling my wife's window down. And say, he says, do you think I should call 911? And he points to our left. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh yeah, you might want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, no, and I,
1: I drove right by it during the intermission. I'll show you guys a video. It's just
0: oh my goodness, it's
1: unbelievable the fire that was going. And so that is right. So you yeah. talk about that that risk. That oh. that risk is on a construction company. Yeah, they're the ones that are building it up. They're insuring it until it gets completed, and they hand it over to the owner. Right. If they're not carrying insurance on it, likely Ouch. they got to start from scratch and oh. and still hold up to their their agreement.
0: Right. Yeah, and I would imagine that. That the relationship between them and the developer and or the homeowner or the requires some level of insurance. I would hope. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Now, no. I mean, and there are certain instances where well, yes, insurance is required. You need to have it. I mean, you know, uh, and I'm sure even even landlords for for business space say, hey, listen, I want to make sure you have at least this much coverage. Yep. Right. It's got to be somewhere in the lease or, or some yeah. somewhere.
1: Typically, what obviously the lease, whether it's, you know, renting a property, renting a commercial <coughs> space, or even just going on site from the commercial side of things. Yep. Uh, you guys here in the real estate world, before you can actually go on site to a property, you have to make sure that typically that location is named as an additional insured or an additional interest. So if someone gets hurt there, yep. it's added under. And so a lot of it is going to be... Uh, boring right i tell everyone but look that's why i'm in the industry and other people aren't right i enjoy the bore that comes with
0: it yeah well i mean look it's important like these are this is such important information i'm glad you're on the show to talk about these things and when we talk about small a lot of our listeners are small business owners or business owners are involved with these types of businesses and they need to know these things they you know i can imagine there are people out there who have a small business who never really even thought or or, or saw the need to have insurance beyond some kind sort of uh, renter's insurance or something yeah. of that nature. You need, guys, you gotta think about this stuff. This is scary. It can be very, very scary. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too. A, a couple of months back, there was an article in Forbes. Uh-huh. Um, do you know the most common form or style of retirement these days? no idea starting a small business oh, is that right yeah so interesting. That's how individuals are supplementing now unfortunately they say the second most common is walmart greeter um, so it's <laughs> yeah. you know I, I think there's probably a big drop between, between yeah those but yeah. that's where individuals are looking is they're looking for alternative ways to be able to continue to have passive income for the rest of their life apart from the standard 401k sure. Roth IRA social security right you know with the questions that are kind of unfolding there and so it is and individuals will reach a tipping point, right? That's where it's tough. Uh, you know, yeah. the majority of the time, I understand insurance is typically the last thing that they think about. Right. Um, and normally individuals don't question whether they have enough or the right amount until something happens. Right. Um, but there's still opportunity to be able to solve the problems there for sure.
0: Outstanding. Hey, guys, we're coming up on our first uh, break and we're going to talk more with Liam about uh, business insurance. As a matter of fact, we're going to go through a bunch of acronyms that he's, he's, he's uh, laid out for me that I want to make sure we explain to you guys and so you have a clear understanding of that. So with that being said, said guys uh we're gonna just take a few moments run a couple commercials we'll be back in just a few minutes yeah i'm gonna ask you about bop and cpp <laughs> and gl it's
1: all really easy actually yeah, i'm
0: sure it is but, but- we got
1: to make it look confusing so not everyone can do it <laughs> that's the same thing i have a
0: smart yeah
1: a friend that owns a uh commercial real estate company mm-hmm. um and so he's actually taking his Today, oh, is that right? Because he's sitting there. He owns you know so many properties, and he sits <clears> there and <throat> says, "Well, I can't be compensated for all of that unless I had a license." I'm like, "Yeah, you get an insurance license now, you right. can actually be paid some of the commission." Right, for the properties get a little bit of a, of a drawback for yeah. sure.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, you know, and yeah, we use so many acronyms, and I mean, we we use them all the time. But mm-hmm. we, we try to go to the the trouble of explaining them, but sometimes we forget. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes S-A-P. we forget. What what is that again? What was that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Let me tell you what that is. Um but yeah, we'll do that with you. Um tax liability versus insurance liability. Interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty deep one there too. I'll bet. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a good topic. We'll get into that too. All right, here we go. Segment two. <clears throat> Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at eleven A. M. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at seven zero two. 203 again that's 702 203-1165 with me now in studio we have Liam White uh from Liam White Insurance uh, uh Liam before the break we were talking about uh insurance for business owners and how you help them establish what might be required of them I see some acronyms here on the page and let's talk about that what's for, for instance what is BOP
1: Yeah so Back with that idea of you know uh, identifying what your risk is, Mm -hmm. then jumps into the idea of what type of policy is actually going to be right for the business. Okay, so a BOP a BOP is a business owner's policy. Okay, so it's just a standard acronym that uh, is a packaging of typically the most important coverages, most common coverages that a small business owner would need. It's general liability, it's personal property, it's loss of business income, and it combines all of those into one package. To fit what we would identify with the traditional small business owner. Um, we look at that in another acronym, which we call ROSNR, which is Retail Office Service and Restaurants. Okay. Is so any businesses that kind of fit like a retail atmosphere where... Uh, the
0: public's coming and going
1: a lot. Yeah, it could even be a real estate office falls yeah. into yeah. To the retail side of things. Office is more of your doctors, pediatricians, dentists, uh, uh, vets, everything like sure. that. Um, service is going to be... Uh, Really, anything—insurance agencies, accountants, tax attorneys, real estate agents—also fall into the service side of things, gotcha. depending on what their business is formatted. And then restaurants, pretty pretty common, sure. Um, and the majority of those individuals that are interacting with the daily uh, public, one-on-one, mm-hmm. all fall under the same typical type of risk. And so, the majority of those individuals fall into that standard BOP policy, okay? Depending on how big they get, right? Okay. And we talk about the difference between you know uh, the Blankfeld Group, mm-hmm. and then you talk about Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, they're technically doing the same thing, right? But not really A different scale, right? Yeah, and so that's where you know the Blankfeld Group would probably have a bot policy, right? And then Berkshire Hathaway would have uh, a commercial package policy, which
0: is CPP. Ah, CPP. So that was the next one I was going to ask you about. So that's that's for the larger companies that's going to cover a variety of risk. locations and and things of that nature. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and it's it's not just going to always be bigger. It might also un- hold under the premise of riskier or. Ah. Uh, uh, just more more intricate, right? Gotcha. Uh, golf manufacturers, um, oh. golf courses typically fall. You know, oh. they'd rather have a CPP rather than a bot policy out there. Um, ice rinks, you know, things oh. that might just have a different risk generally associated with them would typically benefit from having a broken up package policy. Because they're also going to find that there's just a lot of standard coverages that aren't going to apply to them. Right, right. right. You have a a bot policy, typically, that's going to come with uh, EPLI, Employment Practice Liability Insurance. Okay. Right? So that's if someone comes in and harasses your staff members or, you know, the light shines in their eyes, right, whatever it might be. right. And it's one of those to where... You might not have any employees, and you have everything being ma- manufactured in China, but correct. now you're shipping in, and it's like, okay, different risks sure. are going to be associated with it. So
0: this is all part of that assessment that you're going to do with the business owner to figure it out. See, which which direction do we need to head in? Yep, correct. And how much risk are you willing to keep for yourself, and how much risk do you want to pass on to yeah. us?
1: Yeah, what's the transfer cost going to be for it? Absolutely.
0: And then GL, I'm guessing what that might be. What do you think? General liability? Absolutely. That's when what we a good talk guess. about
1: it like our uh, – a lot of people would associate in layman terms, it's, you know uh, – Mont shop starting from scratch, right? Or it's just required to be on site, right? Okay. You got an individual that wants to have, uh, you know, they're starting like a, a necklace company and they're just going to trade shows at Tivoli Village, okay? Right, right. They're required to have a GL policy to be on site in Tivoli Village, right? And so they don't necessarily, even though there is risk, and absolutely, if, if they can afford it, we would encourage them to go ahead and look at a bot policy, right? based off how much they're making and how much the cost of insurance they might internalize that and say hey i I probably don't want to step up to that just give me enough to be able to be on site and let me go ahead and continue to run my business
0: as you guys are listening to this and you hear liam describing these variety of things that he might be discussing with you as a client of his i want you to understand that uh he'd be happy to consult with you directly so if you're interested in talking with liam about your business insurance, or about any other type of insurance for that matter, text his name. Text Liam to 702-203-1165. I'll put you in touch with Liam, and he'll talk to you about your, your insurance uh, needs and requirements and do an assessment for you, right? Yep, absolutely. Outstanding. Um, okay, so the next topic I wanted to touch on was uh, WC insurance. What's WC insurance? Workers' comp. Ah, Individuals I Individuals with
1: employees. Right. Right, and it's, it's one of those that's – it's challenging. So there's there's a pretty interesting article that uh, the Division of Insurance, uh, it's the Insurance Review Journal that puts out, you know, nationwide. Okay. Um, and when they identify different pockets of insurance, they start to notice different trends. So you'll hear individuals in our industry sit there and say, "Oh my gosh, you know, the legal environment in Las Vegas is just unbelievable," but from a litigious state percentage. We're nowhere near the top. It's, Is that right? It's California, New York, okay. New Jersey, right? Like Nevada's probably sitting down there at like number 17 or 18. Wow. But it's different because when we talk about the protected assets here in Nevada versus just going after the insurance companies. Right. So no attorneys, right? I don't want to speak for any you know uh, personal injury attorneys out there. Right. Right. But I would assume typically they're just trying to get the insurance company's money. Yeah. They're not trying to get the individual's money because here in Nevada, we have such great protected assets. You know, yeah. First million dollars in qualified retirement protected, first $10,000 in checking and savings.
0: Right. If you homestead
1: your home, first $605,000 equity in your home is protected. Yep. And so because we have such great protected assets and we have such good... Uh, uh, tax withholdings here right. in the state of Nevada. Right. Individuals start to misunderstand the idea of tax liability versus insurance liability. Okay. That makes sense. Especially when it comes to workers' compensation. Right. So you think about any business out there, everyone will always sit there and say, I don't have any employees. Everyone's 1099. 1099 is tax filing form, which states that the employer is going to go ahead and pay the taxes on it. I'm not going to pay the 15% employment right. tax. Right. However, we have another form that we use in the industry called a de 38 form okay which is essentially twelve questions that we run through and it'll allow us to ask you if your staff member is an employee ah. or if they're a true independent contractor right and so the first question is does the work being performed by the individual is it part of your everyday work yeah well Real estate, real estate. So yeah. Yeah. You, you can still pay them as a 1099 employee, but right. it doesn't mean that they're actually going to be able to withhold from workers' comp insurance. Gotcha. So that's where we get so many struggles in the industry. Yeah. As people say, nope, everyone's 1099. Right. That's okay. You can still 1099 people and right. have workers' comp. It just becomes extremely expensive. I can imagine. And so that's where you kind of work it back and forth. And because we do, we want to be savvy with our clients. Yeah. All I've ever done in my life is consulting, and so we'll talk with clients about: Does it make more sense to give your client a, a or your staff member a pay raise, or does it make more sense to buy them a company car? Right, right. right. One is they're both four hundred bucks, but when you pay fifty percent employment tax, the other one maybe now what's the cost of insurance? What's the cost of gas? And so it is. It's just working out what's the smartest thing for your business to do.
0: Interesting. That's a great analogy. You know, thinking about it in those terms, you know. Uh in my business, we have we actually have a couple of businesses here. We have the, the real estate sales business. We also have a property management company where yeah. we manage a number of properties. And in the property management business, we've determined that the people working that are in fact employees, and we actually pay them uh, a, a salary based on that. Okay. So we we take on the tax liability of that. Yeah. Um, and and we do it. Well, mainly because of labor laws. Yep. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, We're not completely magnanimous, down. but you yeah. know, we do it mostly because of labor laws. <laughs> but we do it nonetheless. And, and you know, that's part of our evaluation, too, is we have to determine. Now, I know there's a lot of property management companies around town that don't do that. They, they yeah. like to keep it as a 1099 situation, and, and I understand why as a business owner. But you, measuring these things in terms of tax liability versus insurance, insurance is, is something I'd never even thought about before. What a brilliant way to pr- approach it.
1: Yeah, and, and it's tough because a lot of people assume that if it fits on the tax side of things, it has to fit on the insurance side right, of things. Right. It doesn't have to work back and forth both ways.
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I really hadn't thought of the implications uh, going down that path. All right, well, look, that, that, uh, so if, if there are business owners out there right now and they're thinking, gee, I don't know, I'm not sure if my guy even knows any of this stuff, man, I want you guys to keep that in mind. And if you're thinking that you might want to consult with Liam, again, just text his name. Text Liam to 702 203-1165. I'll put you in touch with him and he'll help you uh, evaluate your needs. And if it's useful to utilize his insurance company for your benefit, by all means, let's do that. Um, with that being said, we're coming up on the bottom of the hour. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick break, run a couple of commercials. When we come back, I've got a couple of articles I want to talk about. Um, you know, uh, I'm now quoting Patrick Blennerhassett from the RJ because our friend is no longer doing a lot of real estate writing anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Eli's now – Eli got promoted. He's now like an investigative reporter, and he, and he does great work there. Anyway, when we come back, we'll, we'll read a couple of these articles. We'll talk a little bit more about real estate. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Good stuff. All right, now. So
1: I'm excited to hear what's what's going on in the real estate world, especially from yeah. – because all I'm seeing is that we thought maybe there would be an idea of a dip. Right. Obviously hasn't. No. Have There's interest rates –
0: Interest rates are still high, but there's—I mean, everyone's projecting they will soften soon. Yeah, I was say quarter three, early Q four, like that's, people think they'll be back down to six, six and a half. That's where, and, and I, sixes. actually, thirds, thirds, oh, they are still sixes. okay. I think okay. that then we will see fives before the end of the year. Okay, so I think that's that's what I'm hearing. I mean, you know, nobody's crystal balls better than anybody else's, but that's what we're hearing. Okay, is that we think we're going to see fives? And the truth is, is that you know, mortgage lending, like anything else, they—they got a loan, they got to lend money. If nobody's borrowing. They got to do something about rates to do that. So they're gonna have to figure out a way to make it more attractive because so many people out there sitting with three, three and a half, two and a half percent mortgages. They're like, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, you know. And I, I, and I know from personal experience that's where I'm sitting too. Um, It would be tough for me to move, even though I'd like to downsize. I, I'd have to pay more money.
1: Yeah, yeah, cost you more in the long run. That's the same thing. My my fiance, uh, her family, that they would love to downsize once you know their last child moves out. out, but. They bought this house in 1998 it's you know oh. 1700 square feet half acre oh. and now I'm, I'm trying to convince them to
0: yeah because i want it <laughs> yeah i'll bet yeah that's terrific um okay well, i'm going to get into these articles in the next segment here so cool. here, we'll jump right into that feel free to chime in absolutely <clears throat> okay here we go segment three Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me now in studio, Liam White from Liam White Insurance. Guys, I want to talk a little bit about a couple articles I found in the RJ, uh, both by Patrick Blennerhassett. hassett I I hope, Patrick, I'm pronouncing your name correctly, i'm doing the best i can with that one uh anyway the first headline here is san francisco residents flocking to las vegas and reno report says and and what he's what he's saying is that people leaving uh northern california are heading basically to our two major cities here in nevada um and it and it comes from uh, a a report from move but a relocation tech company uh, that we rank second and third respectively behind austin texas destination of choice in 2022 from around the country and miami uh, and orlando florida rounded out the top five so it's you've got austin vegas reno miami and orlando as the five top destinations uh the report authored by joe robinson noted the main reasons bay area california californians were moving to nevada largely related to geography and financial incentives geography is interesting i don't know i guess I mean, I, I, look if I if I lived in San Francisco and I could live there for the same price that I live in Las Vegas, I think I'd probably stay in San Francisco.
1: I don't know. So, so I think the RJ actually they just uh, released something this morning. I think Las Vegas was ranked like the third most fun city to live in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and number one reason was because of how close our national parks were: Red Rock, yeah, St. George, everything like that. And so it is. It's obviously you know we got the casino culture as well, but. Right, now. I, but I, I got to imagine the tax incentive is the
0: that's the thing, the number one, right? Thing it's there. it's financial. I, mean, I think financial comes first in that. Um, and and so, according to Google Maps, San Francisco to Las Vegas is approximately a nine-hour, fifteen-minute drive, or one hour, one and a half hour flight. Uh, we're one uh, Nevada is one of eight states that does not charge personal income tax, and California cons- consistently ranks amongst the highest tax burden. Um, the report noted last year that for every sixty-three people who moved to San Francisco, hundred moved out of the Bay Area. So they're losing population in that area right now, um, and according to a poll done by their local chamber, residents responded listed crime is the number one reason that they're leaving there. That's a big city; they've got yeah. a lot of homeless issues there too. It is,
1: yeah. We were just up there a couple months back. Oh, yeah. Um in And I guess it's now a year ago. It's last July. Oh wow! Um, but it's that it's that old saying. Uh, coldest winter i ever had was summer in san francisco i mean it was (laughs) the nights are cold it was awful
0: yeah and that you know you get that that fog that 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 marine cover that just comes in it's crazy up there um and and he goes on to say remote work may be to blame also if you don't have to live close by to where you're working anymore why not live somewhere that's financially more effective for you
1: yeah absolutely it
0: makes perfect sense you know my uh, you know, I know my son works for the city of Las Vegas, and they do a lot of recruiting. He does; he's in the office of economic development. They do a lot of recruiting for businesses in California to bring them in here, okay. because they see the advantage of of doing their doing their work here in Nevada versus California. And California, you know, it's, California's got to be careful. You know, the, the tax burden they're putting on their people is going to is is obviously they're losing people, therefore losing revenue. So they got to be a little bit careful about this stuff. This is something they have to consider. You know, when, when you talk about the taxes and we talk about income taxes in Nevada, and I've heard a bunch of people say to me in the past, oh, I know they're bringing – we're going to have income taxes in Nevada. Oh, well, yeah. nah We ain't going to – no. It was threatened for a while. It was. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. There's no way. No, no politician in the right mind wants to be the one to say, "Yeah, we're going to start. We're going to start doing income tax." No, that's that that's
1: up. that's the that's the corporation push to get individuals yeah. to own businesses here, so it doesn't become yeah. a yeah. tourist town. Now, obviously, we never want to lose that idea, but during the pandemic, I mean, that's where these resort <coughs> cities hurt the most—is not having a spread of economic
0: wealth. That's exactly right. And fortunately, we are becoming a little more diverse, but still, it's it's still a concern, obviously. But it's not, you know, and that's when I talk about. You know, people who listen to the show have heard me talk about the idea of the Airbnbs and the, all of that stuff in town competing with hotels. I don't want to. I don't want to upset the hotels that much. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're paying the bills, so we don't have to, guys. Let's keep that in mind. That the tourists are the ones covering covering these expenses, so we don't have to pay income tax. So keep that in mind. Bear that in mind as you consider those things. Um, okay, so then the other article I found, <clears throat> excuse me, by Patrick it. Hassett. In the R.J., the headline of that one was Home Value Growth in Las Vegas Lowest Among Major U.S. Cities. Okay, so we had the slowest, and it goes on to say, that we had the slowest growth of home values out of the 50 major cities in the U.S. in the past month, according to data from Zill- uh, Zillow. Um, and so home prices in Las Vegas metro area grew a half a percent from April to May, which is lower than the other 49 cities, according to Zillow. So other cities are experiencing more appreciation. The average price for a home in this area and in, in here in, in uh, Las Vegas was $400,274, which is 6.9% drop from last year, 7% down from last year, uh, but it's been going up the last three months. And it was flat four months prior to that. Um, Zillow senior economist Nicole Beauchode, I'm sorry, Nicole, <laughs> <laughs> uh, said competition over scarce listings is a stoking price appreciation across the country. However, Las Vegas is still bringing up the rear. What's happening is, guys, okay. Liam and I were just kind of talking about this off air. There's a lot of people out there with, with low interest rates on their mortgages and they are not they, they are not incentivized to move. And so they're not putting their houses on the market so you have lower inventory, which is keeping the prices higher. Now, it's an interesting thing. I want you to think about this as a buyer. If you're a buyer out there right now, you're saying, gee, I can't afford to buy right now. The interest rates are too high. I want you to imagine what's going to happen once they do come down. Just imagine that. Just for think back, sit back for a second and think, How many other people are in the same boat as you right now thinking that, gee, I'm going to wait for interest rates to come down before I buy? Here's what's going to happen. Prices are going to go up, and now you're going to have a lower interest rate on the house you paid more for, or you could buy now, get the lower price, and then refi when the interest rates go down. Doesn't that make a whole lot more sense? Oh, yeah, because the, the lending companies are going to be incentivized to attempt to
1: get more and more people to refi so they can get more money on the books.
0: Indeed, exactly right. I mean, lenders got to lend. Remember that also. Uh, mortgage companies, they don't survive by just sitting on mortgages. They got to sell. They got to sell mortgages just like everything else. And so, Especially the, you know, the, the loan officers because those loans get sold. I mean, they're you know they're yeah. they're they're doing the loan and they're selling it to some other investor and then it's off their books. It's done. Now they got to go out and find some more. So that's that whole industry depends on the the Americans, uh, the American economy, and people in the American economy buying houses or refining their homes for that matter.
1: Now, as part of that though, the idea were we were we ever so much more inflated than the rest of the nation to where obviously it just has to level out at some point. It's, in time? It's a great too?
0: point, you know, and you're right. And what happened was during the pandemic vegas was one of those places that was we were red hot yeah and our our prices went up maybe more than anyone's and it actually scared a few people and thinking we were back into the mid-2000s which we weren't <laughs> we're never we're not in that market it's not that market it won't be that market not right now um but yeah that was that fear so we did we grew faster than everybody else and when you look at the numbers it's interesting um I, I was reading these before and it says uh let's see where was it i'm trying to find it um we we came you know Forgive me, guys. I'm I'm reading this as I'm going along. But what happened here is is the other cities that that had this effect on them, they started uh, so from a smaller number and just moved a little bit, and that's what happened. We're starting from a bigger number, a bigger variance, and so you're absolutely right, uh, Liam. It's not it's not so much that um, our houses are going down so much; it's just that they're not coming up as much as the other guys, and that's that's the important element here. And prices, guys, prices are going up, and it's partially. And they're right. Part of that is is lack of inventory, um, but but part of it is also demand. People are moving to Las Vegas, still guys. They, yeah. it, we're an attractive spot to live. I mean, people want to live here, and that's why they're coming here from other parts of the country. I mean, particularly Northern California. I remember there was actually there was actually an, uh, an article this is probably about five or six years ago where they talked about the idea of uh, keeping a job in San Francisco but living in Las Vegas. It would be cheaper to fly to San Francisco every day and fly back and live in las vegas than it would be actually live in san francisco and that's just insane to me first of all who wants to spend all that time in the airport number one but financially it makes more sense and that's probably still that's probably still true today i'm guessing based on housing costs up there in northern california
1: is, is that same uh, spike or drop off is are you seeing that in the million plus markets or is that still because that's where i imagine a lot of these you know you're selling a thousand square foot home in san francisco for six million dollars right you can buy a four thousand square foot home here for 1.2
0: no you're right i think that that segment of our market is still fairly healthy it is okay it, it, it has seen a, uh, it has detracted it has come down the volume in that area has come down a bit but not as much as 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 the entry level or mid-level housing that's that's come down much much more hey guys we're coming up another break we're on a few commercials we got a lot more to talk about so stay tuned we'll be back in just a moment i don't really have a lot more to talk about do I? Let me see what I got here.
1: You tell me what else we want to dive into. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> is there any? Uh, you know what I want to ask you. I've seen about this before. Mm-hmm. Is there a seasonality to insurance?
1: Uh, so yes and no. So the majority of seasonality is what an agent chooses to do.
0: Ah okay, right? okay. If
1: an agent continues to market and market, they really won't see a seasonality see. to it. Now, we've obviously started to see that trend become more and more prevalent in the real estate industry, where're like, "Oh, holiday, get Christmas, you got a dip." Yep you, know, yep, you kind of go through it. Um, but no, I mean, the one seasonality we'll see is uh, individuals typically. Attempt to start a business or a new trend in the new year. Okay, so January, February, March, we certainly see more individuals file for business licenses than than any other point in time. Okay, um, but because people don't always buy insurance right away, it's right. like okay, y- gotcha. You might not see it all all the way through.
0: Let's talk a little bit about that, and then we'll we'll get into. Um, I've got some more real estate topics to touch cool. on as well, so we'll we'll do that. <clears throat> Segment four. Here we go. Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me now in studio, Liam White from Liam White Insurance. And uh, Liam, I wanted to ask you, is there, you know, in real estate we have this the, a phenomenon of some seasonality. Is there seasonality in, in insurance? Is there some seasonality to that?
1: You know, the the majority of the time when we see it, it's, it's, Mostly agency driven, hmm. right? Absolutely. There's some. There can be some economic things that that kind of hold through to make that. You know, uh, majority of individuals, if they start a business, they tend to start businesses in a new year. They want to get off of the old tax onto the new tax sure. and kind of just start fresh. So we absolutely might see some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, unfortunately, majority of the time, individuals start a business. They start a business January one. To get around to buying insurance, April one, right? (laughs) And so we we don't really see that. Majority of it's going to be agent driven when when they're marketing, when they're not
0: marketing. I see. Okay, I I I get you. Yeah, and in in real estate, we we do have seasonality because of people choose to move like with they have children they want to move off, uh, not off when school. school you know yeah. they gotta they gotta manipulate it around the school season um you'll also see seasonality because people don't necessarily want to buy or sell during the holidays um that that happens to us uh, and then but but honestly during the pandemic there was no seasonality it was just it was just you know crazy the, the seasonality but it has come back to a certain extent we're starting to see it come back but it still is market driven and and here right now because of the lack of inventory and the high interest rates we're not seeing the normal heavy traffic we would see in the summer yeah um, as a result of that but still there's people out there who need to buy and sell their homes um, and 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 when we talk about we were talking about business insurance before when we talk about the businesses. You know, I I think that you're right, and once and when you talk about the idea, they start a business in January, they get insurance in April. I I suspect and I believe, and and maybe I I'm, I was even a victim of this myself that we don't insurance is the last thing we think about. Yeah, it's always that way, is it not?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, because it's 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 an additional expense that normally is not been rated for
0: right right? and so
1: anytime you go into insurance the individual is like oh i was going to make ten thousand dollars this year now i'm making seven yeah i don't really want to kind of argue with that idea yeah um and obviously depending on the market that you're in things really change right like you look at california right now apart from the real estate side of things super super interesting in insurance uh the commissioner in the state of california is an elected position as opposed to an appointed position anywhere else So he runs on re-election, and he's essentially run the last three years on this premise of, we're not going to force rate down our clients or our, our consumers throat because the pandemic, you know, they're out of jobs, whatever it might be. Oh wow! So now we got insurance companies that haven't been able to take inflationary rate for three years. Oh my! So they're all running like flies. State Farm just backed out of the market. All State backed wow. out. Wow! So we have companies that are no longer writing home insurance in the state of California. Holy cow! In turn, what that's going to do is average home insurance rate was going to go from 2000 to now it's going to be 3000 yeah. 12000 13000 yeah. you're 000. taking away competition well, it, you are but you're 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 adding a new element that I think is going to come into play and I wouldn't be surprised if we see it everywhere else. Uh, there's an uh, an idea called co-insurance okay. um which you know good bad and different right the idea is that it's that transfer of risk. Okay. The insurance company states hey you have to carry at least 80% to value. Mm-hmm. And if your home is you know worth 300,000 in reconstruction you got to carry at least 260 whatever that number might be. Right? what we're probably going to start to see is more co-insurance revisions being placed out there to offset the actual cost that's coming out of the consumer's pocket. Oh. The challenge is they're inheriting more of the risk themselves. Ah. You insurance company take 80%, I'll take 20% of the risk Ooh. just so I don't have to take as much out, you know, every single month. Ah. Now what happens when a loss comes about though? That's a big check. Now you got a $30,000 check that you got to <sighs> write and it's like Wow, who who's been prepped for that? Wow! So it, it it's going to be interesting to see. We saw this in uh, Texas in 2004 mm-hmm. when we had mold mitigation issues to where mold used to be a part of a payout. Insurance companies wanted to remove it. Yep. Division of Insurance said no, so all insurance companies left the market. Right? They begged for us to come back because you can't. Real estate industry doesn't right. work without insurance. You can't buy a right. home unless you can insure it. Right. And so the one provision insurance companies gave was we'll let you come back. We can charge whatever we want. Yeah. And now average insurance home in uh, Texas is $5,000. Oh, my goodness. Wow.
0: Yeah. So it's,
1: it's interesting to see what, what's going to evolve with the industry side by side.
0: It is. It is. You know, and, and uh, you, you, sometimes you believe that these uh, the legislators or the people in charge of these things from a government perspective are trying to act in the best interest of the people, but it ends up backfiring on them all the time because they don't understand the nature of, you know, our, our economy. You've got That's, to understand. But we're I mean – it's like the golf course uh, 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 badlands. Uh, the, yeah. yeah, here's a golf course. They're losing money, and you're telling them they got to stay open. You can't. You can't make them stay open. You know who's writing that check all the time? So yeah. that's what happened there, and that was an unfortunate reality. And HOA fees go from five hundred to two thousand. There you go. So the yeah. uh, so the yeah the, the people didn't really think it through. I mean, you know had you know had those people had the people who had the ability to do so thought well, geez, let's. Let's support them some other way and, yeah. and, and let's buy into the course and make it part of this or whatever so we can keep it around, but that wasn't thought of at the time. I so said, no, no, you guys just keep losing your money and, and run that golf course and lose your money and we'll be here, we'll be happy, we'll be fine. It just doesn't work that way. You've got to think these things through. So um, I can see where that comes into play you know, with insurance commissioners. Now here in... In Nevada, you know, the, uh, the insurance division, they also monitor escrow companies. Yep. And so they're very much involved. So I'm very much involved in hearing from the escrow companies. And when we have Rick coming on, he talks about that sometimes, about how they monitor and oversee that. And I, and I think I should point out to people, maybe this is something that we should point out to them. If you ever have an issue with insurance and you want to bring someone to bear or bring, the, the state will help you. Yes, the insurance, the division of insurance, they will help you with these things if they feel someone's been misbehaving in some way. And and let's face, it, sometimes insurance companies do misbehave. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely, right. And, and that's where you know if I I look at myself, right, is we're we're underwriting, or you know, we're under the same laws that are out there to where if we make a mistake, it's why I carry insurance. Indeed, right? I have to right. carry a professional liability policy, you know, errors and omission policy, mm-hmm. to where if me or one of my staff members state something, we have binding authority. Yeah, it kind of becomes the truth that's out there. So whether right. it's right or wrong. And so it is. Now, you know, the, the challenge that, you know, kind of I see out there a lot of the times is I swear he told me this. I <laughs> swear he told me that. I thought I had. I would have never bought this policy if I knew that. Right. And so that is a challenge. Um, now, absolutely, not all insurance agents are built alike. No. But most insurance companies are built alike. Right. <laughs> they all have their... A-rated, A-plus, A-minus, right, Mm -hmm. once you get down to the B. Now we talk about the idea of solvency. Those can kind of be, you know, a little bit scary. Sure. But for the most part, insurance companies are the same. Yeah. It's just the insurance agent, what are they going to do to kind of profess the truth of whatever it might be?
0: Yeah, similar in real estate. I mean, it it does, and we have our E&O policies as well to cover us. And and yet, uh, you know, you you, you have to recognize the value in having somebody – uh, as you're again, listeners, uh, you're hearing Liam talk about this. You got to understand and, and appreciate the fact that he's bringing you some knowledge that's important. Perhaps you're going to want to talk to him about your insurance needs, but I think it's important to understand that whoever you have, they have to be. You have to have a high measure of trust. That's so important uh, between your relationship between yourself and your insurance agent, insurance agent, also yourself and your real estate agent, in terms of the way we're acting and 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 looking out for your best interest. And what you're hearing from Liam today is is how he. Like, I love how he vets a client and helps them figure out what's best. It's not just, here. here's the big policy sign yeah. here, you know. And,
1: and not everyone's uh, best with me, right? It's the reason why I have relationships with other brokers out there that specialize, uh, right? I won't give free ads. I'm not going to shout them out, <coughs> out here. Um, but it's one of those to where I have yeah. a, a, a colleague of mine who I, I would never recommend anyone else that, you know, has a doctor's office. Right. like. It, Every time I go over to him over there, and and that's the idea because that's that's his proficiency, right? Right. And Smart. so, why would I? You know, it's a bigger risk on myself if I take the chance of writing it wrong. No, I, I write what I know very well, mm-hmm. and anything I don't, we find someone that can do it perfectly.
0: Again, it relates to what we do too. I mean, if it's in this market and I know the market, I can help you find. I get people inquire with me about. I just had a guy call me over the weekend asking about um, Ely, and I'm like, you know what? I I, I could legally practice there. I had known nothing about it. So yeah. I, I'm sorry. I wish I could help you. I just really can't because I, I would not, I'd be doing a great disservice if I tried to help you with that.
1: They got a lot of crickets up there now. Yeah. I hear. yeah that's, crickets. That's part of their market.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, it's and, it, and that's, I think that's what he wanted. I don't know why, but that's what he <laughs> wanted. Uh, anyway, what a fun real estate hour we've had today. Uh, I got to thank Mark, our production director. Thank Carly once again for doing a great job. Uh, and I want to thank our outstanding expert contributor today, that being Liam White from Liam White Insurance. Uh, You've been listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld. Next week, we'll have another wonderful hour for you. We're going to have our returning grand champion, that being John Ingram, uh, on next week. So we'll we'll talk a lot about mortgages and hear what's going on in the mortgage market. Uh, If you ever have a question about real estate or any other topics we cover, such as insurance, just call me off air or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203 two zero three one one six five uh please subscribe to our youtube channel lv real estate radio like and follow us on social media at lv real estate radio and i want to thank you our listeners for joining us this week remember while we seek to educate empower and engage with you we want you to learn understand and then act we'll meet you on the radio next saturday at 11 a.m right here on 101.5 Don.